What's up, you guys? Welcome back to A Little Bit of Life. If you're new here, I'm Alyssa, and if you're not, welcome back. If you are new here, you don't know, but I am a pharmacy technician for a living, a CPHT. I've worked as a CPHT for a little while now, um, and uh, while the job is rewarding, it definitely has its ups and downs. So today, I definitely want to address something that might be kind of comical to talk about, but for some people, it's definitely necessary. This podcast, we're going to be talking about unrealistic expectations and instant gratification in the pharmacy. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, and let's do it. All right, you guys, so let's get to it. So today's podcast, again, is going to be about real unrealistic expectations and instant gratification in the pharmacy. The birds are singing, the butterflies are flying, and all the woodland animals have come out to greet you. And the weather is absolutely stunning, which it has been for the last few days. But then you get this one patient, and they walk in the pharmacy already expecting you to have their medication ready when you don't even have their prescription in your hands. So today, that is one big thing I really want to address. What everyone needs to understand is that pharmacies are not instant, like, you know, drug-like things. You know, you have to wait your turn. There is a protocol for what happens when you drop off a prescription. So when you bring your prescription to the pharmacy counter, it has to be typed. And if you're a new patient, it's going to take even longer. So my best advice to you would be to establish yourself at a pharmacy and stay there. Then after we get situated and we start typing your prescription, we have to make sure that it clears through your insurance through a process called adjudication. Adjudication means that your insurance is either going to approve or deny your prescription. If we are using a discount card like GoodRx, it'll go through, but we just won't know the final price until you know everything goes through. Um, our system. So once that's completed and we've taken a digital image of your prescription, we put a sticker on the back with all the information, including the manufacturer of the drug, the drug name, the SIG code, or the directions. And then we essentially have that in the verification queue. The verification queue is where the pharmacist We'll basically QC or quality check our work and make sure it's typed correctly. From there, your prescription will then get printed, the leaflet will come out of the printer, and we'll go find the drug in the pharmacy to fill your prescription. Once that's completed, if you have a prescription that is for like 360 pills, I can tell you right now, that's not gonna happen instantly. Every prescription that you have ever picked up is hand counted, yeah. Let that soak in. When I say I filled like 200 prescriptions today and you're like, that doesn't sound like that many, you know. Okay, well, then you come and count 360 metformin because I get to do it multiple times a day. So needless to say, practice counting is definitely, you know, a little tedious. But besides the point, after the drug is counted and put in the correct size bottle, it is then labeled and sent back off for the second QC or quality check and verification for the pharmacist. Once that happens, the pharmacist bags it up and he staples the leaflet or the instruction panel to the front of your prescription bag. 
If you're waiting on your prescription, it generally takes between 10 and 15 minutes. If you are over there pacing the counter, (laughs) this is not a place of instant gratification. Y'all have to understand, the pharmacy does not operate like that. And it will never operate like that. We are human. So literally, the fastest your drug from paper to finished product is going to take about 15 minutes. If we have to call your doctor because they wrote the wrong drug on the on the thing or the wrong strength, that's going to take longer. If your insurance isn't going through and your drug isn't covered, that's going to take longer. And then the whole icing on top of the cake is if we have to send a prior authorization to your doctor. So sometimes your unrealistic expectation of instant gratification is not going to be met. And then what happens? The technicians and the pharmacists get chewed out. That's not our fault. I feel like we're constantly taking blame for something that we can't control, which is either not having a drug in stock, your insurance company requiring a prior authorization. We'll talk about that in a minute. But these unrealistic expectations and instant gratification, when you go into a pharmacy, have to stop. It is something I see daily, and it's not something that I necessarily really had feelings about up until recently. I feel like people just walk in and they're, you know, where's my stuff? Where's my stuff? You know, they're banging the counter like, hey, okay, calm down. Like, I'm human too. I can only fill and do things so fast. And like I said, that 360 count medication that maybe you got today was hand counted, probably by a technician. So just bear that in mind. We're doing our very best to give you the best experience that we can to get your drug out to you as quickly as humanly possible. Because when we're taking care of you, there's 10 other people that need our attention as well. So just bear that in mind. (laughs) So I said just a second ago, we're going to talk about what a PA is. So let's say you drop off a medication. And uh, if you guys aren't familiar with medications and brand names and things, I'll use some things that maybe you've seen on TV like Ozempic or Amavig for migraines, okay? So let's let's do that. Let's use Amavig as an example. So Amavig, uh, let's say you drop off a prescription for Amavig. We start typing it up and we run it through the adjudication process, which is our insurance checking system. And it goes back to our triage system. So our triage system is what allows us to uh, you know, take prescriptions in and type them in order. So like whenever they were sent in time order. So the prescription that was sent at 8 a.m. will get typed before the one that got sent at 10 a.m. That's just naturally how it is. So once your prescription rejects because insurance didn't accept it, it goes back to the, it'll go back to a specific queue. And we have to look and see, okay, why did this prescription reject? So what'll happen with a prior authorization is we'll get A box on the left-hand side that says prior authorization required, and then the right-hand side, it'll give us an explanation as to why. Sometimes insurance companies will require what we call step therapy, which is like, okay, you need to try A, B, and C first before we're going to approve this medication for you, or B, sometimes your doctor needs to fill out extra paperwork so that they can justify you having that kind of medication. At that point, it's out of our hands. The communication between a PA is between the insurance company and the doctor's office. So once we send the PA out, our system automatically gives us a five-day window uh, for when that PA could be resolved. 
And as the patient, it is your job to advocate for yourself and call your doctor's office as soon as possible once we send your PA over. Once your PA has been sent, you know, successfully through our system, it's out of our hands. All we can do at that point, just like you, is wait. And at that point, we're awaiting either an approval or a denial. Some doctor's offices are really good about doing PAs, like they're quick. They don't wait and they don't sit on their laurels. Other doctor's offices will allow their faxes to grow piles and, you know, spider webs and (laughs) the whole nine yards. But whenever that happens, that communication between the pharmacy, the doctor's office, and the insurance company is no longer. It is strictly between the doctor's office and the insurance company. So your job at that point is going to be to call your doctor's office and let them know that your pharmacy had to send over a prior authorization or a PA request to their office. Once they receive it, the doctor has to fill out paperwork that justifies why you need that medication, what it's for, and all those types of things. Once that happens, that paperwork gets faxed back to the insurance company, and then the process between the insurance company and the pharmacy is reestablished. We will get an answer back, either an approval or a denial, and sometimes even a phone call. And depending on how it goes, we'll then contact you. So let's say your AMAVIG gets approved. So what we'll do is we'll do what's called a re-adjudication process. So we'll go back into our request queue, process that prescription again, and this time it should go through if your doctor did the PA correctly. The other thing that happens is that your PA gets denied. So sometimes what will happen is your insurance company will say, well, you know, we really want this patient to try step therapy first, which for some people who have migraines, there are alternative medications to migraines. So if you are a new migraine patient and you're getting Amavig right off the bat, your insurance company might not like that. So they want you to try something else first because I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Amavig is really expensive. (laughs) A lot of, a lot of those Name brand medications are expensive. And I mean, the good news is, is that there's a plethora of manufacturer coupons now for name brand medications. In a rare instance, your insurance company on some generic medications will require the brand. So that's not going to come back to you. We're not going to penalize you price-wise. But in terms of a PA, this stuff has to be communicated, you know, from, from the doctor to the insurance and the insurance to us. So at that point, it's out of our hands. Um, the denials, you'll either get a text, a phone call, we'll call you um, and let you know. So that's how that works. That falls under the unrealistic expectation and instant gratification like category because people think that once we send the PA over that it's just going to be like, you know, snap my fingers and it's done. No, that's wrong. <laughs> that is wrong. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much that. The other thing with the instant gratification that I want to touch base about is when you're waiting in line at the pharmacy. So right now things are, things are a little different, you know, and we're also in flu shot season. So sometimes your wait at the pharmacy might be a little longer because I don't know about anyone else who works as a technician, but in my store, it's one tech and one pharmacist. So if I'm helping someone else, I'm sorry, but they got there first. And you can sit there and tap your foot on the floor as long as you want. I'm going to finish helping the patient in front of me, and then you will be next. There's no reason for anyone, when you come in as a customer or a patient, to act like a real piece of work. It's unnecessary. 
a bad attitude will only cause you to have a more negative experience and it's only going to hurt you in the long run. We're only there to try to do our best for you. So if our phone's ringing off the hook or we're helping someone else, we're doing the best that we can because in the end, anything that you get from the pharmacy is 100% human driven. From typing insurance claims to calling your doctor's office to sending out refill requests because you ran out of refills and PAs and you know alternative medication requests and those types of things. We're also looking out for your well-being. There's many occasions when we get prescriptions like for Medicare Part B patients for test strips or lancets and we have to send requests over and over to the doctor's office because the doctor didn't write the prescription according to Medicare Part B standards. So let's talk about that now. If you're not falling asleep yet. <laughs> um, Medicare Part B has very specific requirements for how they bill uh, things like test strips and lancets. So, for example, um, for a Medicare Part B patient, the prescription document must contain the exact quantity of lancets or test strips, the exact quantity of how many times a day the patient is testing, a numerical ICD-10 diagnosis code, and the doctor's MPI. If any of those four items are missing off of the prescription, we legally cannot fill it because it is a Medicare Part B standard. If you have regular insurance, fine, whatever you do you. But if it's under Medicare Part B, we cannot fill it. This is again where people have unrealistic expectations and instant gratification issues. <laughs> this is not our fault as the pharmacy team. If we get a prescription, we legally have to turn it back over to the doctor's office for them to fill in the missing information. There was one patient that we had, we had to turn this prescription over to the doctor's office seven different times. And they scanned over to us seven different copies because they could not get it right. I feel too, as a, not only as a technician, but as a patient advocate, that doctors really need to learn about all the different types of insurances in Medicare. Because what are you, as a, as a medical provider, when you're sitting here and you can't even follow your own rules, you know? Like, what is that? <laughs> if you know good and well that your patient comes in without insurance, do not prescribe them doxycycline ta uh, capsules. They are the, one of the most expensive antibiotics. Give them something better than that, you know, cheaper. But if you know that as a doctor, take care of it. Because us at the pharmacy are then having to turn around and, you know, try to make the patient feel better about their circumstance or you know, they end up going somewhere else because they can get it cheaper somewhere else. I feel like a lot of these can be, you know, a lot of these different things can be avoided if people would just pay attention and take five minutes to, you know, speak with their patients and, you know, get it, you know, get it straight. But point is, when we get things like that, it's not the pharmacy's fault. It, it strictly falls back on the doctor's office and that communication between the doctor's office and um, Medicare. We can't do anything. Our hands are tied. Um, the other thing that happens a lot is we get um, insurance, uh, like we have insurance that uh, we don't take at our pharmacy. Like there's specific insurances um, that won't be taken. And uh, insurance will require you to go to a different pharmacy. Like... CVS and Walgreens are constantly in competition with each other. 
like, you know, oh, well, Walgreens is partnered with this insurance company, but CVS has Caremark, you know? So they're all competing with each other. And then you have Kroger and HEB and whoever else in the background just kind of like, hey, pick me uh, type of thing. So when that stuff happens, obviously, you know, for me personally, I'm not going to try to keep my patient there. If they can find a cheaper price elsewhere, please save yourself a dollar. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, everybody's kind of that way. Wherever you can go to save a dollar, go do it. Um, but as far as commercial insurance goes, if you come in, like I know for a fact that CVS is not partnered with Blue Cross Blue Shield. If you have the Blue Cross Blue Shield Caremark health plan, uh, where Caremark, uh, with the prescription plan, then we will accept that. But Blue Cross Blue Shield hasn't been contracted with CVS. Um, and then you have, uh, you have the great opportunity to talk to your patient because their prescription isn't covered there and they get it, we get it electronically from the doctor's office after, you know, this could have been prevented. This is the stuff I'm talking about. If the doctor's office would have known, oh, uh, CVS doesn't take Blue Cross Blue Shield, we need to send their, we need to send this patient somewhere else because that's what's going to happen ultimately anyway. I want to say probably six out of our 10 patients, if that does happen, where they are on insurance that um, my pharmacy or anyone else's pharmacy doesn't cover, um, they will go ahead and just fill it there anyway and just take the discounted price because they're already there. They don't want to have to turn around and go run around and, you know, go get their medicine somewhere else. So they would rather just take care of it and do it there, which is great for us. I mean, business-wise, but for the patient, ultimately, it's like, okay, fill it this one time, but then after this, you know, I recommend you go here because it's going to be cheaper for you. And I'm not going to lie to you, you know, Walmart, HEB, those guys, they have really competitive prices on their medication. I apologize. There's a cat uh, screaming at my door. Um, This is not obviously part of the podcast, but um, he gets really upset when he can't uh, get in the door uh, because he knows I'm in here and I'm talking. So anyway, back to what I was saying. So uh, you know, obviously if, if we have patients that come in and they're like, oh, well, why did, why wasn't I told that my insurance, you know, wasn't taken here and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, but your doctor didn't do their job either. So advocating for yourself as a patient is a big one, but running to us and, you know, stomping your feet and having a tantrum because your drugs aren't ready in five minutes, the re- unrealistic expectations have to stop. This is a very different time that we're living in, and especially right now with flu season going on, there's a lot more happening in our pharmacies than I think the outside public understands. So you guys just bear with your pharmacy personnel. I don't care where you go. You need to be respectful and you need to be kind because they're working during one of probably the most unprecedented events in our human history You know that I've been alive for. Um, and many of our other, you know, technicians and pharmacists have been alive for as well. So you guys be kind, you know, don't, don't feel like the technicians or the pharmacists are out to get you. The realistic expectation is if you are the first person in line, your drugs, if, you know, God willing in the creeks don't rise and you don't have an insurance issue or we don't have to call the doctor for anything, your medication should be ready in about 15 minutes. You can go walk the store you can go sit in your car. I don't care. Good news is for me, you know, I work in a Target, so it gives people, a, you know, a way to go. But the whole the whole point of it is, is that 
you got, y'all just be patient. That's all I'm asking for. You know, we're doing our best. We're working our hardest. You know, sometimes we miss things and that's because we're human too. Your doctor sits there and tells you every time, you know, there are doctors that sit there and tell people all the time when they go in that it's going to be okay and that your medication's going to be covered and I'm not going to worry about it. And you end up being told wrong because somebody didn't take the time to tell you the truth. That's my job and my pharmacist's job is to relay this information to you. We're not trying to make you mad. We're not trying to piss you off. We're trying to just be transparent with you. So, again, if you're the first person in line, your medication should be ready in about 15 minutes. If you're the second or the third and you're dropping off, expect to wait about half an hour. Because, again, we have to have realistic expectations. Because for every one patient that drops off, I've got 10 more in my production queue waiting to be filled. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you're a technician, holla. <laughs> Uh, if you guys didn't know, this is National Technician, or this is National Pharmacist Month, uh, and this is also National Teacher Month, and National Technician Day is October the 20th. So if you're a technician, shout out to you. Continue working hard. Do you. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this tech talk today. I hope to see you guys um, in my podcast adventures again soon. Uh, like this, share it listen to it four times. I don't care, but I hope you guys learned something today. I, I really hope that this was educational, uh, if not anything else for you. Uh, if you guys want to reach out and you have any questions, please let me know. I'll be happy to answer them.